0: <laughs>
1: Alright everyone, welcome to iScreen, you screen for movies for Tuesday, November 14th, F it, it's raw Feed, we're doing it live, my name's Danny, and this review today, I could not do this alone, this is a type of episode review, I gotta bring in the guns of this episode, Former podcaster, but now a podcaster returner of cinema spending longtime fan over a year ago and still a podcaster of the direct podcast the known of comic book superhero guy is here if you're watching this for YouTube or not this is David Thompson welcome back to the show David oh shoot your uh your voice
0: is <laughs> I keep doing this
1: thank you Danny, for having
0: me it's wonderful to be here i wish there was a movie in theaters right now for the mcu that was crushing it at the box office unfortunately that is not the news heading into today but there is an mcu movie out in theaters which is always exciting for me but yeah thanks man so much for having me back
1: of course man i had to bring you the guns. so um yep so the review we're talking is the marvels it just finally came out starring brie larson Tayana Paris and Miss Marvel herself, Iman Valtellini. So, and you know, th- interesting movie with three tr- female female trios leading this film. So this is like a surprising thing I never get to see before. You know, I mean, maybe there has, but like for a comic book, this is interesting. So this is awesome. Yeah. All right, yeah. but I do want to bring up the discussion before we get started on reviewing this movie. Uh so you got to see it like early last week, and then I got to see like Saturday night. So, um, right. what were your expectations about the Marvels? You know, since the MCU has been like in bad place right now. And then, you know, how were you feeling with the Marvels before you even get to see it?
0: Yeah. Heading into the movie, I, my expectations were definitely tempered. I wasn't expecting anything that would reach the top 15, top 20 of like my, my MCU rankings. I think in, in many ways, after watching it, it was kind of what I expected, but it was a better version than what I was expecting in many ways. Um, I thought the movie was funny. I thought the action was pretty good at times. Some of the CGI is spotty. It's surprising how big of a budget this movie has, around $270 million, which is absurd for what this movie is. The shortest runtime in MCU history. It seems like they made a lot of cuts to the film, and it's somewhat noticeable, Uh, But, uh, you know, overall, a weak villain, which I kind of expected that was amongst the community. I would say that was an expectation that Darben, the villain coming in, no hate on Zah Ashton at all, the actress uh, who portrays the villain. It was just an underwritten performance. It was an underwritten uh, role in the film. And that was my expectation. So in many ways, it's interesting you asked my expectations in many ways. It lived up to my expectations. I also expected Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, played by Amon Vellani to be the best part. And she was the best part, in my opinion. I thought she was wonderful. I loved Miss Marvel, the series. I think she's a star. I think put her in everything. I mean, you know, Taona Paris was good. Bree Larson was good, but I thought Amon Valani was great and it's such an awesome new addition to his entire cinematic universe as kind of our eyes and ears, right? She's this young kid coming of age. She she narrates in a, sense, in, in a way, right? Like there's a couple of moments in the movie that I think are so funny because her comments of a scene happening or just whatever events are being played out, it's like what everyone is thinking or what everyone would be thinking, like a normal person in that moment. And she just blurts it out, which I always enjoy. A lot of levity in this movie.
1: That's great uh, for my expectations and my thoughts as I watched it. um, Yeah, Ant Man of the Lost Quantumia gave me the trickle down theory that, you know, I expected, you know, other films besides Guardians. I don't know. But, you know, I thought Guardians was great. I think it's just yeah. the best MCU film of the year period to me. It's for sure. clearly James Gunn's shit. This is how he rolls. So, Ant Man was the thing that kind of trickles me down, and then going to Miss Mar- going to the Marvels, I just wasn't like sure. And I even not to be a disser on this, but I just knew the box office for this film is a little in trouble because I don't know. We're gonna discuss in that and just to see if it's, if it's one of the theories is true or not. But going to this movie now, I see it. Um, it was alright. It's definitely better in Quantum Media, that's for sure. It's nowhere near superior as Guardians, of course. Um. I thought the trios were great. Brie Larson was awesome. Tiana Paris was awesome. Iman Valani, we got to get to see her more. We're eventually Miss Marvel Season 2, even though I can't been watch TV shows. But I understand his character a bit, so this is really awesome. Um, Yeah, uh, the villain was underwritten. Uh, no this to the actress. of uh, the, vil- uh, the plot wasn't the best, and I couldn't tell about the visuals and CGI some of the time. I just can't tell, but yeah, I think there were like some noticeable things that wasn't perfect. Yeah. But um, I thought the direction, though, Uh, let me give this woman a shout out real quick. Nia DaCosta. Did you know I'm a huge fan of Candyman?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I love that film. It's actually my top five of 2021. So Nia DaCosta and her take on a superhero, she did an amazing job. I saw her direction was amazing, especially her take on what she does from Candyman to this. I mean, this is interesting.
0: Uh, what do you have your thoughts
1: on Nia Costa?
0: I think she did a good job. I think she's getting probably an undeserved amount of hate for the movie out there just because that's how these things go. It, it's hard. I will say it is hard in this day and age to be a director of an MCU movie in many ways because when you're assigned an MCU movie or you you take on an MCU movie, you're not just making a movie, right? You're, you're making your you're. you're Building a universe, you're making just a small installment, a small chapter within this greater story in this greater universe. And there are elements of the Marvels, in my opinion, that it takes away from the story itself to set up a further plot, which is which was really the a big criticism of Quantumania in many ways, right? Where Quantumania itself wasn't a great movie. I didn't mind it that much. It's definitely not good. I'm not going to say it's good, but there was elements that I enjoyed to Quantumania. With that being said, it's not a very good movie. I don't love really any of the Ant-Man movies. There's not really my cup of tea. But it's hard now, Quantumania, right? The Marvels, where even like Eternals, which I thought was actually pretty good, not that bad. It's still hard to fully make a project of your own. Really, the only director that's had their stamp, I would say, on something is probably Ryan Coogler with the Black Panther series and obviously James Gunn. I mean, there's others out there, but like in recent memory, James Gunn, like the, and the kind of Taika Waititi, but that kind of didn't go the best direction for Love and Thunder. So it's interesting you brought up DaCosta because I think it's become more and more discouraging and probably within the town less and less and of an exciting prospect to direct an MCU movie, which is sad, you know, that does suck. Cause you want to get more interesting perspectives and interesting directions, but it, it's the, the melting it all melting together is kind of making it tough. Cause it's hard for someone to just jump in now and be a James Gunn. where 2014, Hey James, do your thing, make guardians. And it was, so unique and so specific and still within that universe, but it wasn't overbearingly in the universe, right? Where it was just, just, you know, just the next installment. It was its own unique thing. So that's kind of the difficulty. And that's why we have someone like Matt Shackman now directing Fantastic Four, who is someone who has a background in television, who did WandaVision, which was a success for the studio. And now they're like, hey, we, you, he I'm sure he had a good pitch and now he's going to be the guy helming what's going to hopefully be one of Marvel's biggest movies in the next 3-4 years.
1: Yeah. Uh so just to put this out as a question, do you think do you think Nia DaCosta will be coming back for the MCU to direct if anything? I thought she was okay with this movie and no diss on her, I mean you of her last film, you know.
0: Yeah. No, I I think DaCosta did a fine job with what she was given and i feel like some of the the story elements of the movie are left on the cutting room floor based on the runtime and after seeing the movie you can kind of tell that you know there's probably some subplots that are missing there which is you know part of a director's job part of an ender's job i don't think she'll be back just because i don't think there's going to be a captain marvel 3 in the near future and that would yeah be i don't back. think so that would be where uh, i need it was it a good, brings i would so say i, I was going to say really quick with the costa you know, it was a good tone shift. They tried with the Marvels to kind of change the type of movie a Captain Marvel sequel had to be after Captain Marvel from 2019, where this one's a lot more humor. It's got a a lot of more different, unique action. It takes all the pressure off of Brie Larson's Carol Danvers in many ways because it's no longer just her solo film. And I think she handled the dynamics really well. Yeah, fair.
1: Um, I just did not see the last Captain Marvel, but I just want to bring up this question and bring it up to the box office early, but yeah, what's with the hate around Brie Larson as Captain Marvel? I just don't understand. Like, what was the idea? Why? I just want to know.
0: I mean, I'm not a hater of Brie Larson as Captain. Marvel. I'm not a hater either. That's yeah. what I'm wondering. <laughs> well, no, it's it's interesting. Uh, it's there. It's present. Why? <laughs> That's hard for me to necessarily answer. I mean, there's definitely just some like mean evil quote unquote people out there I would say where it's like all right everyone can have their opinion but let's not like just pile on for no reason and that's that's just my opinion just just uh what I see on the internet and people being probably a little unfair to Brie Larson in many ways and oh like she's definitely I, I think I'd have to maybe look into the files a little bit I'm pretty sure she's like the most bullied Avenger online because because i don't know I, people just don't like her performance people didn't love her in captain marvel um you know for for reasons that some may be valid some may be not i think there's some reasons that are you know part of the plot of captain marvel like kind of why her personality is the way it is and brie larson's good in the marvels brie larson's good in pretty much everything she does it's just it's just interesting to me it's just one of those things where once a fan base galvanizes around something whether it's positive or negative it can be hard to shake that off.
1: Okay, well, thank you for the wor- Thank you for the note. I just wanted to understand, but I'm not a hater either, and I respect her work. Yeah. Um. So, um, a post-credit scene. I think it's it's, it's I think it's a good time to bring this up. You know, since the movie's been out, and I don't think the legs are going to be so serious with this film. But um, how do you feel about the post-credit scene? About, I mean, that was the thing I was going forward into because I love post-credit scenes. I said, "What's next?" You know. So. I want to ask if it makes sense and how do you feel about that?
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting with this movie. It kind of has two post-credit scenes, but it doesn't. <laughs> they, they Just one. They, it, it only has one technically, but they popped that Young Avengers uh, recruitment at the end of the movie that literally it plays like a post-credit scene. And it is making a reference to a post-credit scene which is so funny to me but yeah that one was great um bringing kate bishop H- Haley steinfeld's character yes i was, really was like character. yes i love Haley steinfeld dude yeah she's great. great and and like i just talked about earlier i love miss marvel they're gonna do some sort of young avengers and maybe it won't be its own project but just like assembling this kind of younger team sounds like a really cool idea on the actual post-credit scene it was interesting obviously by the end of the movie it the third act i would say loses itself a little bit in, in many ways uh, I, I feel like it's like,
1: rushed yeah cuz of the runtime
0: rushed you know exactly like the resolution with darben it's kind of like okay and, and even just the fact that you know getting like deep spoilers obviously for the movie the fact that carol or i guess monica realizes that hey carol like you can use your powers to basically restart the sun that is the problem and you can just, you can just fix the whole problem that the villain has in the movie and the villains just like, no, I'm going to twirl my mustache a little bit and not want you to do that and still be pissed. Because to me, that was like a weak villain moment in terms of like writing where it's like, all right, seriously, like the the person that you're just trying to ruin and get the bangle from and do all these crazy things. They have a solution for you, like just listen out. So that was to me, like weak writing in terms of the villain. So the resolution was Okay. But with that being said, in the resolution, it was obvious once it was like, you know, we we busted open a, a portal, you know, in time and space. All right, here we go. You know, here's how we get to the multiverse. We're in, we are in the multiverse saga. We shouldn't be surprised we're doing this. post credit scene, I thought, was really cool. Obviously, we get Ke- Kelsey Grammer's The Beast back. Uh, yes. Which is really cool. It was all CGI. Interesting choice. Uh, But obviously, uh, you know, a a direction for the future. And it is important to note that we've had some uh, questionable CGI in previous post-credit scenes, like the original Thanos, for instance, where they can be redesigned and changed. So if you didn't love the Beast, let's say, design, like CGI, it can always be upgraded. But it's cool. I think the main point to get out of it is that Monica is going to have – we now have a MCU character – Trapped in a different reality, and in that reality, the X Men seem to be the main team, right? They seem to be uh, a team that's in space, a team that is exploring and has scientists, right? Like Beast in this, and he mentions Charles, Professor X. So it's cool. It was a clear, I would say, it was a clear um, roadmap to how we get more X Men into these movies leading up to Avengers 5 and Avengers 6.
1: That's great. Uh- I thought the post credit scene was I love just something that sets up next and this is worthy to me. Yes, so Monica's trapped in a multiverse place, met with the X Men team, and then Marshawn Lynch is in this post-credit scene as another variant Captain Marvel, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah well it's uh, yeah correct. It's it's a character called Binary,
1: which is oh, Binary, okay.
0: Which is basically another version of Captain Marvel, um, but has history in the it's it's confusing. Maria Maria Rambo that character isn't Captain, or sorry isn't binary in the comics but binary is a version of Carol Danvers from the comics so Captain Marvel and has a history with the X-Men so it that that all makes sense and it's a continuation of what Marvel has always done really well since its inception is take comic book material and twist it and make it its own and 95% of the time at marvel studios they've done a good job of enhancing the comic books in my opinion
1: and uh want to go to this question before we get to the box office or a little yeah. more things real quick yeah was this film worth to be made for a reason for like just you know bringing back captain marvel and bringing the trios and the post-credit scene because for that part i thought it was worth it for at least a post-credit because it sets up what's next Guardians didn't not set up what's next, except bringing back Star Lord from Chris Brad. It's exciting. Um, just wanted to underst- get a knowledge of, if this was like worth to be made for like this movie, for like existence, for a sequel, or setting up what's next for the multiverse. What do you think?
0: Well, just sticking to the story, I guess, to answer this question because that's kind of how you framed it. Without you know, just not talking about the box office for a second because that, yeah, yeah. that changes the answer. But in terms of the you know, the plot and the setting up the future, I would say it was worth making for sure. I mean, look, I don't know how it's going to go now, but Carol Danvers, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel is supposed to be one of the leading Avengers, right? She's supposed to be someone who's going to be one of the prominent leaders in this entire saga, in this phase of the MCU and in the next Avengers movie. So they set her up in a certain sense. I think the being able to, i mean this was this was their plan to have these disney plus shows like wandavision where monica got her powers miss marvel where kamala got her powers leading into a movie and obviously monetarily it's not doing great but in the in terms of them actually doing that plan and executing that it's pretty cool it's like all right this is pretty cool world building pretty cool universe building and i think setting up the, like you mentioned that post credit scene i think does a great job of setting up what's next to come and further building out the multiversal story that we're that we've been going on since no way home dr strange right yes loki Mm -hmm. being the main one so yeah i I would say so i think it is an important entry in the mcu going forward obviously not everyone's going to be seeing it but i do think it has some value uh leading into the whatever's next and i know next year there's only going to be one mcu movie so it's going to be a bit of a break but 2025, 2026. I think the Marvels will be impactful.
1: Yep, perfectly done. Um, this is definitely worth it. Um, I think it really sets up for Deadpool three, which I think everyone goes bonkers next year. And yeah, one MCU film will be enough to get break. But uh, without further ado, I think we'll be ready to go. Anything else you want to talk on the Marvels for? We go straight to the box office.
0: No, not particularly. It's funny you mentioned Deadpool 3, actually, because there's part of me that... So, Deadpool 3 recently moved from the beginning of May, the MCU's main marquee mainstay of a date, to the end of July. And I thought about it. Well, maybe this end of July date's excellent now, because that's now the Barbenheimer date, (laughs) if you think of it that way. So, (laughs) we, we know for a fact people will go out to the theater during that weekend if there is something to go see so it's kind of interesting i i think deadpool 3 um can still be possibly a billion dollar movie from that uh from that range because we know that end of july beginning of august can be a very fruitful time with the box office this this year proved it for sure
1: oh yeah totally all right so let's go ahead and go into the box office weekend for the marvels so like I said, I just knew this movie was in trouble, not to be a hater. I'm not trying to diss this completely, you and I, but I just knew it coming a bit, it would have issues, just because, a little certain reasons, but, without I do, uh, the opening weekend of the Marvels, which I'm actually reading the actuals, not the estimates, so the Marvels has made $46.1 million opening weekend, and I did listen on your show and the Beale B.O. Boys, as you recently guessed. You guys were going a little high, as like you're going You went at sixty, and I went. My prediction is that it would make a little over than the Flash fifty six, right? So, and this is Not and the thing. last lowest MCU rate MCU opening weekend was Incredible Hulk with Hulk, which came out in two thousand eight, and now the Marvels broke that record to be the lowest. Um, yeah, this is rock bottom. Who- rock bottom for sure so i do have things listed on my notes could it be the mcu fatigue the actor strike from you know the trio's going out there and promote this movie the reviews word of mouth which oh, the word of mouth matters more than the critics right there uh the cinema score got a b which is terrorizing i thought it'd be a b plus and then audience score is 84 which it's not bad but I feel like the B range was coming anyways, but I just have those listedly reason for like how the box office shaped to going into the weekend from Friday to Saturday. Like, it, they declined pretty significant as from Friday to Saturday to Sunday. So, yeah. what could it be the reasons why it underperformed in such significant way for the MCU for the first time in like, I don't even know when the last, oh, Man actually had a big, small, as a big drop and then the legs weren't significant, but what were the reasons why, like, that's to you, it underperformed?
0: Yeah, I think the actor's strike has something to do with it. The fact that these three couldn't get in front of a camera. But the promotion, simply put, the promotion wasn't great between the actor's strike. I think the marketing was, after seeing the movie, kind of did the movie a disservice in terms of, like, the fun, I would say. Like, I think most people seeing the Marvels, literally, if you're not, like, some crazy hater or, like, just a... Flat out sexist on the internet. It's a fun movie. You know, like it's not the best film. It, you know, critically, I get it. It's not the best plot A to plot B to plot C, you know, three act structure. It's not the best film in that sense. But for a comic book movie, right? These are comic books. It's pretty fun. But on the same thing with comic book movies, the expectations have changed. And now it this is the clear gut punch for Marvel Studios and realizing we cannot just release whatever we want in theaters and it opened to a hundred million dollars or it opened to seventy, eighty. I mean, the floor but before now was really like seventy million, you know. That was what Eternals opened to, and that was underwhelming. It was like, oh, 70 million. And that was it was million.
1: going bigger until the reviews came out. That's what significantly changed the momentum.
0: Well, exactly. Much. And even then even then that is a two and a half hour movie that made $70 million opening weekend that made what the determines end up doing 400 million worldwide. This movie's not going to make 400 million worldwide. And this movie is like 45 minutes shorter, maybe even more than 45 minutes shorter, like it, it's practically <laughs> an hour shorter in length. It's, it's an easy watch in that sense. You go, you have a good time, you eat your popcorn, you have your pop and boom, you're done. So with that being said, Marvel can no longer release whatever it wants in theaters and be a success. Clearly, this was the first time in the last literally forever I mean, the the last 15 years that Marvel was not able to drop something out there and there not be this overwhelming urge to go see it opening weekend. Because you mentioned you mentioned Quantumania, even that movie, not great reviews, not good word of mouth. It opened to $100 million and then steeply dropped. This has nowhere to steeply drop to, right? If it if it steeply drops, this is just going to be the biggest loser in MCU history. I think part of it is that people weren't interested. There is an element of fatigue. I don't want to say they say superhero fatigue, but there is a fatigue to movies that aren't amazing, right? And in in this genre, let's say, because let's be honest. Kevin Feige, the president of Marvel Studios, has said – and everyone's always agreed – if DC movies, Sony Marvel movies, uh, previously the Fox X-Men movies, if they are all really good and they're all performing well at the box office, that helps everyone. That helps Marvel Studios. That helps Iron Man and Captain America, right? So my point is when there's good comic book movies always dropping and they're reliable – that raises all tides. That helps everyone out. What do we had the last year? For DC, Black Adam, Shazam, The Flash, Blue Beetle, right? All with mixed results. All Some getting terrible reviews. Some having really bad box office performances. And then at Marvel, right? Quantumania. We had Love and Thunder not too long ago. Multiverse of Madness was a letdown. So it's just interesting. Secret Invasion, the Disney Plus show was the worst MCU project. I heard. Ranked. Oh. That's I mean, mm-hmm. that literally on my list that on my ranking, that is my dead last MCU project. And that and that was a direct lead into the Marvels, despite them not referencing it at all, which I thought was awesome and hilarious. So with that being hmm. said, there's a lot of contributing factors. I think it's just there is a lack of reliability. And for Deadpool 3 and beyond promotion is going to be important. It is going to be a huge factor. Deadpool 3 is going to be its own thing. It's going to be a massive hit and that's awesome for Deadpool 3. But let's say Captain America 4, The Thunderbolts, Blade, Fantastic Four. How do those movies perform? Are they quality? Is it quality over quantity? Because the Marvels is a movie that was fun to make, right? We've experimented with Disney Plus characters. Let's throw them all together. Let's make this crossover sequel and let's do the thing. Unfortunately, no one galvanized behind the Marvels, and that's kind of the bottom line. And people, honestly, what's weird about today's day and age is that people can just look on YouTube or TikTok or read about the post credit scene and and feel like that's it. You know, all right, I know what happened. I know what they were setting up. Like you brought up earlier, Danny. You were like, oh, you know how they set up the X-Men or the post credit scene I thought was really interesting. And yes, I think it was. But many people may not go to the movie theater to find out about that, to even see what happened, which is a crazy concept. But it's true.
1: And you touched base with the BO Boys about the leaked post scene, which it could be the abysmal why they chose not to go to the movies, which I think had something to do with it half the time. True or not true?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I think there is people weren't that interested in seeing the Marvels. And, and to be honest, let's think about it, too. The Marvels had a a bit of homework with it, right? Like oh you know, yeah, yeah. That's important. Yeah, like the with general audiences. Yeah, like I'm saying it as a kind of a positive, like, oh, Marvel Studios got to have some fun and you know, combine all these, you know, Disney Plus projects and make make a movie essentially, plus Captain Marvel. Cool. The problem is, what if, you know, Jimmy and George and Martha and Bobby they didn't all watch Disney Plus. They didn't lock into Miss Marvel and Secret Invasion and WandaVision. And they see a trailer and they're like, who are they? Uh, eh, I'll pass, right? There's so many projects these days. I'm gonna pass on this one. I just spent my ticket last week, two weeks ago, on Five Night of Freddy's. I, I went to the movies this past summer. Yeah, I I you know, I saw Oppenheimer, I saw Barbie. I don't need to see this new thing. Or the reverse of that, I'll wait a week. I'm going to go see Hunger Games. I'll wait a couple weeks. I'm going to take my kid to go see Wish. There's just element... Next month, you know, I like Jason Momoa. I'm going to skip this combo movie, and I'm going to go Me too! So, there's just some elements oh, to it where... Yeah. <laughs>
1: I was going to skip that movie. Sorry to
0: cut the shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not a bad idea. Uh So, you know, with that being said, there's a lot of contributing factors, and generally speaking... The interest just wasn't there. And Marvel can blame themselves, but also, it it's hard to avoid something like this when you see it coming. It's just like a, it's just this big tide just about to hit the beach, just knowing it's going to hit me. I can't do anything about it, but it's going to hit me because every contributing factor to this movie pretty much went wrong. So <laughs> that's how you get $46 million opening weekend by far the lowest in mcu history especially if you calculate for inflation
1: oh yeah um i want to bring up about kevin foggy real quick so um honestly he's a great guy i know everyone makes mistakes here and then and yes you're right about like qual i mean quantity over quality quality it's just not enough general just want a quality made movie and it's fair to say the least because we see quantum media wasn't good the only thing we saw was great was Guardians. It was fair because James Gunn. And in the Marvels, yeah, people weren't interested because comic movies have been appalling to quality. Like, The Flash, it was supposed to be great, but then it turned out general audiences don't love it, as all- critics do. I feel like they were just blackmailed to just talk about this on for CinemaCon. So that got worse results. Blue yeah. Beater was good. I thought it was okay, but for a streaming-made quality movie, I thought it was just something off to me. But then it just got a B plus, and then it had the likes what it meant to be. Especially, yeah. I thought it's a great start for DCU. And, so overall, I mean, Kevin Foggy probably needs to put, put his big boy pants on and go to mature rating stuff. Because we're getting Deadpool as an R-rated, which is the first time in, like, Disney territory. Get the shit R-rated, for Christ's sakes. Uh, Echo, it's getting a TVMA rating. That's mature. There you go. And Blade is going to get an R rating. I'm ex- Look, I'm excited for Blade. I don't give a shit how long it is. I just hope this movie's not scrapped. Mahershala Ali looks so great. The Eternals post-credit got me so hyped. Uh,
0: yeah. I
1: just want Blade at this point. But either way, quality over quantity is mostly important. So, just need to put a few good qualities at R-rated stuff. And, you know, I think it might fix everything. It just, to me... I think it's ideal. Kevin Feige like should go in that direction. Deadpool's coming out, and Echo's coming out, which is like one movie, one TV show. That gives a big big break. And people remembers Deadpool. Despite not being in the MCU, It's those are fair movies because everyone loves Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds is the huge star. Yep. And now Hugh Jackman's coming back. Big significant, I feel like. It's just going to be a big opening weekend on top of that. The 46.1 million. That's where it just comes in and crosses the line to expectations and about the post grad scene sets the multiverse this is going to be a multiverse movie <laughs> imagine all these cameos everyone will show up even if Taylor Swift's in the cameo on, on that on, on that aspect <laughs> anything can happen it's not what we all wanted it's a multiverse saga this is where all fans will be so happy and die to see and this is what's going to go by the direction starting with Deadpool 3 and that's fair point and Echo I don't know how Echo's going to do but either way looks suspenseful
0: yeah, I think Echo will be a small hit because if, if it's if it does have that quality you mentioned, you know, it's doing the whole Netflix binge model for that uh, series. It's just they're all they're dropping all five episodes at once. So it's one of those where, hey, Echo's there, you know, maybe next week I'll check it out. I'll binge a few episodes. I don't know how long the episodes are going to be, but if it. Marvel just basically needs Echo to be a quality hit. People, people just like simply like it. You know, like, oh, okay, I like that. Like, Secret Invasion got people mad. Loki, on the other hand, was a massive hit. And Loki's a great, great series for Marvel. They need more of those. It's, it's very interesting moving forward. And 2024 is a very critical year. You mentioned with Deadpool 3. Deadpool 3, it's going to be. I have, like, full faith in it. But it needs to be not only... It needs to be a critical hit, needs to be an audience hit, and it needs to be a massive box office success. Knowing Ryan Reynolds, knowing Sean Levy, who is you know uh, directing, helming oh yeah, movie, bringing in Hugh Jackman, I have so much faith in that film. And I know they do too, because it is now going to be their only release of next year. And you have to have a lot of faith in that movie. And, and they know what they have, right? This is the first big project bringing in a Fox universe character, bring in Deadpool, bring in Hugh Jackman into the MCU. A lot of people have been waiting a long time for this and it's going to be a massive success. So they just need like you mentioned smaller quality hits, Echo to be good, Deadpool to be awesome and then even just keep killing it. Like maybe the new Agatha show is a, is a hit, you know, maybe people like that. It's similar to one, WandaVision and you know, Captain America, they're delaying that. Apparently they're going to be reshooting a lot of it. So If they can fix that film, hopefully uh, make that a better quality movie. They need that, though. They need more. I I hate to say it because it's it's not fair. More Guardians of the Galaxy hits. You know, like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was such a great movie. And it was this sense that this is the MCU, but it's also James Gunn. And James Gunn's out of here. He's now running DC. The DC. Shout out DC. Can't wait for... uh, Superman Legacy. I uh, that is yeah. Highly I'm a huge
1: DC movie. guy. I'm a huge DC guy. more than a Marvel fan. I'm being straight. I yeah, love yeah. seeing James Gunn. Who knows what he's doing? I will talk about this guy more to come. He's got to take over DC in such brilliant way. So, so exciting. Um. All right. Well, is there anything box office related? I mean, that's almost everything we discuss. I mean, oh, second weekend. Let's go into that real quick. Um. Okay. Yeah, Hunger Games is coming out this week. My uh. I'm excited to try on Hunger Games movie. I haven't tried the other ones. I know I could be crazy, but this is a prequel, so I think it just puts me to start. Um,
0: it looks pretty good. It's
1: got, it's got a... <clears throat> excuse me. The Marvels is probably going to have a significant big drop because, you know, people are not interested in the Marvels. Word of mouth is just mixed right now. And, you know, next week is even big. Disney's Wish, which they, they did a great job promoting this movie without the actors such significant promotion um and napoleon comes out i mean the plfs is where the marvels is going to struggle no plfs no entertaining way to see it so if i have to say what percent it will drop i'm gonna go 60s at least just to be on that around 60 i don't want to near 60 near 70s i'll just say 67 67 to be fair
0: okay yeah, I, I think it would lean try trying to think. I'm thinking it would be closer to 60 flat because if I'm thinking about this correctly, we would get to like – let's say it's at like so, – so 50% drop would be around 23. So, yeah, if it makes like 18, 19, 20 million, that wouldn't surprise me in a weekend too. I mean, look, it, it the drop can't be that steep. Maybe it will be, and I'm just going to keep getting surprised. The drop can't be that steep because the start was so slow. Where it's like, all right, there's still some Marvel fans out there, and the word of mouth isn't terrible. Like the audience score on Tomatoes is pretty good, and you know, just anecdotally, people are having a good time with the film. So we'll see. I-, I would say closer to. It won't be fifty. It won't be that you know strong of a hold. I think it'll be about sixty.
1: Yeah, fair point. Overall, the movie's pretty fun. I got to say, I forgot to mention, to put that in my own thoughts. It is a fun movie. I do enjoy it. Definitely than Quantum Media, for sure. The MCU is going to be, hopefully, in Restore next week next year with just a TV show and a movie. So, I mean, we can all hope. I mean, Kevin Foggy is never a bad man. He's going to fix it, I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to learn all the criticism going forward from everyone. So, hats off to him, though, for caring about this all, whole universe and everything. So,
0: yeah. Deadpool 3, though. A lot of time.
1: Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Oh, and um, as we're about to unfold this episode real quick, the After Strike's over. Hallelujah. God bless. Um, yeah. So everything's going back on track. I'm actually excited now to mention this. Let's go. Let's give a shout-out to SAG After Strike. They worked their ass off for, like, months, standing on lines, getting their pickets going, and just keep on having faith, no matter how long it takes. And they got what they want. The AI abuse has also got rid of it, so that's great. And now, 2024 shapes to be an exciting year now. And productions are going back on their way. They're going back to Deadpool 3. They're going back to, like, other projects. And Dune 2 can go to promote. Woohoo! Yeah, I'll, I'll, br- I'll keep bringing this up. Dune is my next big film, and I don't give a shit what comes right after that. Actually, I don't give a shit what comes first before Dune. How about that? And then after that, I can start giving a show what other films come on next.
0: Yeah, so. I'm glad for Dune. It, it definitely needed the the promotion from its actors. It has some very big names, so uh, I'm, I'm happy for I'm happy that it was delayed at this point because it would have felt weird if that movie came out without a proper pro- promotion. Yeah, me too. So, so I, I think it makes sense. Obviously, if it came out, you know, still later this year, that would have been nice. But I'll wait for it. And the fact that 2024 is cleared out in many ways, and a lot of stuff's getting delayed to 2025 because of the actors' strike now dune 2 is a welcome i would say addition to that kind of light side for at least for big movies 2024 slate
1: how much i bet there's no other movie that's gonna kick off big but dune i feel like that's just gonna be the big big question i feel like it's just gonna be just like nothing in 2021 until the batman came out it was a big big opening weekend i feel like it's gonna be the same for dune but it's not gonna yeah. be nearly like 100 over let's just say I think it's going to be over the first weekend, over the originals opening weekend. I mean, the first one, it's opening weekend. And I feel like it's just significant. I feel like there's nothing significant. I mean, we got Madame Webb, which I don't think promoting this trailer right now, especially in a few months away, isn't enough. I think they're going to just push it back a little. And significantly, I think the next big blockbuster won't be till Dune. And... I want to even say uh, real quick in Aquaman. I'm just skipping that film. I don't think it's worth seeing to myself because the DCEU's is ending. I don't give, give a shit at this point. I'm not trying to diss Jason Momoa. I love this guy. Incredible actor. But Aquaman 2, I mean, they have to release this movie at this point. Just let it bomb for all I give a shit. And just, you know, move on to DCU with 2025. Superman. James Gunn. Are you going to be seeing that? I, I think you said yes, correct? all right i'll be listening though i'll be listening your cinema spending your direct podcast i'm a huge guy i'm a huge fan so um speaking of that where can the listeners find your content and where to find you on social media wise
0: yeah sure thanks danny for having me on um of course you can find me at david thompson with two a's in the david on twitter on instagram and on tiktok follow me all over there uh, also, podcasting wise, the direct podcast, we are coming to you every Monday now. But if you're interested and are re- catching up on Loki, we have reviews for every single Loki episode. Those are all on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe there. Cinema Spending is my other podcast, which is a movie business podcast, only focusing on the business side of things. Where on the direct podcast, you know, we dive into some business, but it is mainly you know talking about the content itself diving into the universes that you love so cinema spending every Wednesday I'm not dropping episodes just discussing what's happening right now whether it's the box office or something happening in Hollywood business and for now that's pretty much it Danny Appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me on it's been a fun conversation like i said hopefully sometime down the road next July maybe we'll talk again and we'll be Oh about- yeah totally i got nothing
1: to put you on until that until deadpool that's for sure that's my focus next.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Unless
1: something gets in the way, you know, I might, I might as well update. You know, who knows? But either way, I'll be, I, I'll, I'll be eyeing on you for now. But then, I'll have to be on your stuff sometime if anything in the future. But we'll see. We'll see what we can work out. But all right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you're whatever you're listening on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, sub, so follow and subscribe if you enjoy whatever episodes I put out, especially guest wise. David Thompson, check out his stuff. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Twitter X for I uh, <clears throat> Twitter X at I S U S for Uh I have a TikTok. I screen you screen for movies. I both be pointing audiograms and such, and updates and review thoughts. And you know, I uh, I'm terrible doing this shit. tend <laughs> this off every time. Buckets are off feed. Uh, email me at dskomlaj@gmail.com. Share me your thoughts about the Marvel. Marvel's, um, the box office, you know, any questions as such, just email me, reach me out. And, um, oh, Rainer Review five stars on Apple Podcast, the platform that mostly matters. And also, don't forget to even check out David's on Apple and Ray Review five stars on his stuff. Really helps. Helps new listeners Thanks. find the new show. <laughs> and, uh, oh, YouTube wise, like I said, we're on YouTube, so you can see our faces comment like subscribe on my youtube channel or if you're listening to our podcast platform follow the youtube description link in the show notes it'll be there if you guys want to see our faces and that's it david i think we've done it i don't think there's nothing to pro- inc- to conclude except until next time i'll be screaming you at ice cream you scream for movies nailed it.